All right. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. God bless all the fathers in the house. I want to say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Would you put your hands together for all the fathers in the house? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I think you can give them a better round of applause than that. Put your hands together for all the fathers in the house. Amen. And our fathers to be as well. Well, I want to give glory to our Father that is in heaven. For him, every day is Father's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bible says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those that fear him. He's as a father to us. But the Lord, he taught his disciples, you know, to pray. He said, call him your father. Hallelujah. Say, our heavenly father. Hallelujah. And I want to just say, you may be seated, but raise your hands. And just say with me. Our Father in heaven, we glorify your name. We bow down before you, our Father in heaven, we glorify Happy Father's Day to all our fathers again, and indeed all the fathers around the world, especially the godly fathers that take the responsibility of the charge to lead their families in the path of righteousness. The tremendous responsibility, and God said concerning Abraham, I know him. Amen. So this is my charge to all the fathers in the house today, and all the fathers that may be listening. What is God's testimony about you? Can he say of you, like he said of Abraham, I know him, because he is going to command the entire household after the Lord. Can he say that of us? May the Lord grant us the grace to continue to lead our families in the path of righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, I, you know, I've been told that there are some announcements, some other things, uh, you know. But I want to get, I want to get to this teaching. You know, we can do all that after the service, but I want to get to this teaching. And uh, you know, as you all know, you know, we've been doing this series on the seven pillars of wisdom, and I'm going to continue today. So for a minute, let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, because as always, the entrance of your word brings life, and it gives understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. Let that be our portion today. Let's receive the light of your word, and let understanding come into our heart, and register in our soul, in our spirit, in our minds, 
In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So seven pillars of wisdom. I've been doing this. And the Lord put it in my heart to do this uh, series. And as you know, we did the uh, attributes of divine wisdom first. Then we've been doing these pillars. We've covered the uh, fear of the Lord. You know, we have also covered uh, prudence. We have covered uh, knowledge. Uh, and I believe there was something else we covered. Anybody remember the things that we've covered so far? This is lesson, I don't know if this is lesson four or five, no, but I believe we have covered the fear of the Lord, covered knowledge, and we've covered um, prudence, and we've also covered counsel. So we've covered four of the pillars, and I'm going to go to number five today. Uh, one of my, you know, the, one of the ones that I, most passionate about what I'll be talking about today. Before I get to understanding the one I'm going to be talking about today, also known as insight. That's the one I'll be talking about today. But let's refresh ourselves about, you know, how we got here. You know, praise God. If you want to put up for me real quickly, let's take a look at um, Proverbs you know, we've, we've been reading many uh, verses in Proverbs, and we've been teaching from there. So the first one we want to read, just to uh, refresh our minds, is Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. And then we're going to jump to um, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 to 14. So, wisdom has built her house, she has won out has seven pillars. So that's where this came from. Now let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 to 14. Some of these pillars are there. Uh, there's other places where, you know, we brought scriptures together and so forth. You know, so those are just some reference texts. As I go into this pillar of understanding, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give some definitions, as I always do. Then I'm going to give some things that the Lord told me about understanding. And uh, then we're going to look at many scriptures where the Lord actually gives us, you know, background and text about understanding. We're going to try to apply it to our lives. There will be some critical things that I'll be saying today. You know, I will give you certain, certain laws <laughs> that will help you follow. Then. Uh, I believe I'll be covering the, some of the benefits of understanding, you know, when you apply it to your life. And also, you know, we're going to be making a prayer at the end. That's the pattern that I've been following. I'm going to follow the same pattern today. So let's go right now to understanding. Amen. I said it is also known as insight. Well, that's my thing, you know. Understanding and insight is actually what I'm covering today. Although I'm covering under the subject of understanding, insight is part of that as well. Understanding is a pillar of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 24. I want to read verses 3 and 4. They're going to have to put up the scriptures for me quickly. Proverbs 24, verses 3. Through wisdom, 
is a house built. And by understanding, it is established. Hallelujah. Now, right there, you see how valuable understanding is. You know? And all of these pillars of wisdom, they work together, you know, to give wisdom its strength to hold up the house. If the house, you know, if the pillars have, are not in place or they are not as solid as they should be, then there's going to be cracks in the house. So our goal in this series is for us to solidify those pillars to eliminate those cracks. Amen. Don't want cracks in our lives. There's a lot of cracks you know, that are caused by lack of application of these pillars in our lives or lack of these pillars in our lives. You know, pillar of understanding today. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, let's read that. You know, talks about, you know, wisdom is the and that's Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, Get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. Now this tells this verse right here tells you that it is actually understanding that makes wisdom the principal thing. <laughs> because all of your getting, you have it tells you to get wisdom, but in all that getting, you must get understanding. So understanding is actually what makes wisdom the principal thing. Now, but we must pursue it. That's the other thing that is salient point inside this verse. You have to pursue it. You know, it just, you, know you can't just say, oh, I'm going I'm to have understanding. No. You have to really pursue it. Now, understanding, you know, many people unfortunately lack this understanding. It is rare, but it is very priceless. And, you know, people can't really figure out, you know, the source of it. I'm going to tell you that today. And, you know, but God knows where it is found. Amen. Let's read Job chapter 28, verses 12. Let's start from verse 12. I'm going to just paraphrase this, you know, because it says, Where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? So let's read further quickly. I want to read the next few verses. And the man doesn't know where it's place of it. They don't know the price. They don't know where that is found in the land of the living and so on. Next verse, you know, the depth says, it's not in me. The sea says, I don't have it. It's not with me. Next verse, let's go through it quickly. You know, it cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price. It's talking about understanding, you know, price there. It cannot be valued for the price of offer, uh, the precious onyx and the sapphire and so on. I'm going to read to verse 23, so keep going. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. The exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. Next verse. We're reading to 23. So just keep going after I read each verse. No mention of it shall be made of coral or pearls. Price of wisdom is above rubies. Right? Wisdom and understanding is mixed together here. Topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued for pure gold. Verse 20. Whence therefore cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? We're right back to where we started. That's the question. Seeing that it is hid from the eyes of all living, 
and he stepped close from the fowls of the air. Then where is it then? Verse 22. I'm going to read two more verses, 22 and 23. Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our eyes or ears, you know, but God, this is it. This is the summary of it. You know, we're looking for where to find understanding. We're looking for, you know, how to get wisdom. Where is the place of understanding? And it describes all these things that can't be there, but it says God understands the way thereof. Hallelujah. So, we really need to go to God for understanding. I'm going to give you some quick definitions of understanding. Some of them from dictionaries, some of them from stuff that I mixed up in there. Understanding can be described as the ability of deep comprehension, perception, or discernment. Actually, and discernment. So, deep comprehension, perception, and discernment. It can also be defined as the knowledge of or the familiarity with a particular thing, the skill in dealing with or handling something. These are all the attributes of understanding. It can again be described as superior power of discernment or enlightened intelligence. Now, some of it, like I said, Dictionary, some of it from what I put together, the Lord gave me in my mind. Now, one of these verses, and this next verse that I'm going to read, you've heard me say it just about every time that I come up on this stage, right? And that's Psalm 119, verse 130. Anybody knows what it says before they put it up? I say it all the time. Psalm 119, verse 130. Anybody? Every time I come up here, preach. All right, well, you can put it up. The entrance of God's word giveth light. That's Psalm 119, verse 130. They're going to have to be quick in the back there because I have a lot of scriptures. The entrance of 119 and verse 130. I don't think they're paying attention. Um, Lean, you know, the entrance of thy words gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. This is very important. And I quote it every time that I come here to preach. Every single time. You know, so this is the place where it is found. In case you're wondering where it is found. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, I'm just going to go through this quickly. I'm not going to wait for them to be putting up the scripture. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Lean not your own understanding. You know, lean not your own understanding. Now, we are being told that understanding is good and that you must search for it. And you must look for it. But yet, he's saying here, don't lean on your understanding. You know, but you must trust the Lord with all your heart. Hallelujah. He's the one that gives inspiration and true understanding. Listen to this. One of my most favorite verses. And if, if time allows at the end of this, I will give you some testimony around this verse. But I don't know if I'll have the time. But one of my favorite verses ever in this Bible concerning understanding. Job chapter 32. And verse 8. You know, and it is so powerful. So powerful. Job 32, verse 8. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration. Now, remember, we're looking for where to find understanding. You know, the sea say I don't have it. The grapes say I don't have it. This one say I don't have it and so forth. 
God knows the place. But here is the secret. There is a spirit inside man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Can you say praise the Lord? You know, if I have time to give you testimony around that, you know, you, you, you figure out what it all means. You know, but let me keep going. See how much of this I can cover. Knowledge and understanding come from the Lord. But we have to keep seeking it diligently as we have already read. There's also Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 also tell you how that we must seek for wisdom. Have to seek for wisdom. You know, the writer is commanding his son, listen to his words, keep commandments, look for wisdom, and so forth. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. I don't have time to read all of it. You know, Job chapter 28, verse 28. Now, I hope you guys are taking notes. I don't see too many people taking notes because there's a lot of scriptures. Don't take my word for it. Search the scriptures. You know, Job chapter 28, verse 28 says, you know, to depart from evil is understanding. You know, so this is another aspect of understanding. And I will bring this out when I come to the benefit. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, but to depart from evil. Now that is understanding. Amen. Now, let's read a few more things. We read already how that by wisdom, a house you know, is built, but by understanding is how it is established. We read that already. Now, let's read some, let's look at some stories in the Bible. Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 to 20. I'm going to read through that quickly. You need to put this up for me quickly, because I want to read all the verses. Daniel 1, chapter 9, verse 17, and I want to read through 20. You know, it says, for these four children, who are Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God gave them knowledge, covered knowledge before, and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all dreams and visions and so on. You know, so let me, read, let me just leave it there for the sake of time and read the rest of it yourself. So, you know, Daniel had tremendous understanding, so many things, even in dreams and in visions. So that tells you that even dreams and vision require understanding. Some people try to mechanically interpret dreams. You know, because they say, well, it has this symbol, it has that symbol and all that. You know, or vision. No. It requires understanding. God is the one that gave understanding to Daniel concerning those dreams, those visions. To do it. Amen. Now, let's read about even the preaching of the gospel. Matthew chapter 13. That whole chapter, Jesus was talking about the parables of the kingdom. The parables of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13. And he talked about the, the parable of the sower. Let's look at verses 19 and verse 23. Just two verses out of Matthew 13. You know, the disciples came to him and said, why are you always telling them this parable? I mean, speaking to them in parables. But Jesus said, you know, to you it is given, but to them it is not given. Matthew 13, 
verse 19. Matthew 13, 19. I need somebody who can do this thing quickly there. You can hear me. Because it's, it's slowing me down. Matthew 13 and verse 19. Here's what Jesus said. When any man heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. You know, this is the one that received the seed by the wayside. So, this right away tells you that even for us to understand or even to know the message of the kingdom, understanding is key. So, when anybody hears the message of the kingdom or any teaching about God's word at all, you know, if they do not understand it, <laughs> you know, that's like a catch-22. How can you understand it except God gives you understanding? But if you don't understand it, then you're not going to get it. You know, now, if they don't have understanding, then the devil is going to come and pluck it out of their heart. That's how important understanding is, even to the things of the gospel, the message of the kingdom, the message of the gospel. It is so important. If you don't have understanding, the enemy will come and just pluck it out of your heart. So, two people may hear the gospel or any part of the teachings of the messages of the kingdom. And one person may understand it, but that person that doesn't have understanding, then the devil is going to come and take it from their heart. So that is very serious. You know, we need to get this understanding. You know, so let's take a look at, you know, the, even some of the prayers that Paul prayed for his disciples. I mean, the you know, people, his converts and so forth. In Ephesians chapter 3, he prayed in verses 17 to 19, you know said, look, we need to have said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may do what? Next verse. May, that, may be able to comprehend. Comprehension. Remember we talk about understanding is comprehension. So in this verse, bringing out the fact that understanding is comprehension. You know, you have to be able to comprehend you know, the love of Christ, breath, length, height, and so forth like that. The knowledge of God, and that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So understanding is comprehension. Now let's go to uh, Luke chapter 2. Let's see some stuff in the lives of Jesus. An example here. Luke chapter 2, verses 46 to 47. You know, I'm not going to stop to read it, but I'm going to tell you what it says. You know, there were certain times, you know, when uh, when Jesus was little, traveled with Mary and Joseph and so forth. One time, you know, he went, they went, you know, they thought he was in the company, they couldn't find him. After three days, they found him in the temple. This is that story. When they found him in the temple, you know, you know they, uh, they saw him that he was sitting, he was 12 years old, and he was sitting in the midst of the doctors and scholars Doctors of law, doctors of philosophy, scholars and everything. And he had, was only 12 years old. You know, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding. Amen. And this is going to be one of our prayers today. We need this kind of understanding that Jesus had at age 12. He had incredible understanding that even lawyers, scholars, philosophers, 
they were amazed at his understanding. And they were amazed at his answers. And some of his answers were usually questions. <laughs> Praise God. And they asked Jesus a question. He would ask them a question back. You know, he said, this authority that you have and all these things that you are doing, who gave you authority to do it? Who, you know, where do you get this power from? He said, well, I will, also, I will answer that question if you will also answer a question for me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it of men? And because Jesus already knew their heart. See, by understanding, he knew these things. And then they said, well, if we say he's from heaven, he's going to say, why then did you not believe him? Well, if we say he's from men, we fear the people because everybody holds John to be a prophet, and they're not going to like if we say his message is from men. And he's, you know, he said, well, so we cannot tell. And then Jesus said, neither do I tell you where I got my authority from. Hallelujah. That is a kind of understanding and wisdom and counsel that I'll be praying for in my life. You know, that sometimes, you know, God, I want God to give me this kind of wisdom to answer questions with questions. You know, and don't just answer them back a question. If they can't answer that, they will, neither will you answer the question. Just leave it like that. Jesus did that all the time. You know, so now, great understanding will help you to stay away from the spirit of anger and wrath. Have understanding. We'll find that in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29. Already mixing up some of the benefits here. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29 says that, you know, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. That means if you have great understanding, you will be slow to wrath. You know, so... Understanding would actually help you to calm down. Hallelujah. <laughs> calm down. You know, what are you getting so agitated about? You need understanding if you are always agitated. You know, if you are hasty to wrath, hasty to be angry, then you need understanding. Now, a fool has no delight in understanding. <laughs> a fool. And a fool will always shoot, you know, like here. He that is hasty of his spirit, he exhausted fully. You know, somebody who's a fool will always be hasty. They'll be hasty in everything, you know. And the, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2, that a fool, just like this one, a fool has, you know, just they, they, they don't delight understanding. A fool hath no delight in understanding. Now, so if we do not delight in understanding, may the Lord help us. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to be a fool. So I want to delight myself in understanding. I want to delight myself in the things of the Lord. And it takes understanding, you know, to get there. Now, I'm going to talk about, this is the interesting part. I went through that quickly. I'm going to talk about three things here that you must understand, <laughs> you know, that you must gain comprehension about. I don't want to use understanding to explain understanding. Three things that you must gain comprehension about today concerning understanding. And I'm going to be talking about, now this is this part of it is wrapped up under insight. Remember I said understanding and insight. I'm going to use them interchangeably. Now, insight, I'll give you three aspects of that insight. Insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding or 
awareness of a person, of a thing, of a present situation. Insight will give you a deep comprehension, a deep understanding, an awareness. You can have insight even into the lives of people. You can have insight into current situation. You can have insight into a person or a thing. That's insight. It's amazing. It's the ability to have a clear and deep and sometimes sudden understanding for the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. The inspiration of the Almighty. I, I pray I have time at the end to give you some testimony about that. You know, sometimes it comes in sudden understanding of a complicated problem or a complicated situation. You know, an insight will bring a sudden understanding of it. And, it, you know, any such thing that gives you such understanding is called insight. Well, I already told you that it comes from the inspiration of the Almighty, Job 32 and verse 8. Don't forget that. The ability to make effective choices today. Now listen to this. This is the most interesting part of this message. The ability, and I hope it will be the most impactful, the ability for you to make effective choices today based on an understanding of the past and a prediction of the future. Let me say that again. That's inside. That's my own definition of inside. You know, the capacity for you to make effective choices today, you know, have insight into what's going on. Well, that insight also comes from an understanding of the past and a prediction of the future. That's inside. It's all wrapped up in there. So let me give you the three pieces of insight that cover the past, the present, and the future. Based on this understanding, based on this definition I just gave, you know, insight can help you, you know, to figure things out today and make the right choices, but it depends on, you know, something that's happened in the past, and it also has, you know, has a glimpse of the future, has a prediction for the future. So there are three parts of insight that I want to cover here. There is what's called hindsight. Everybody say hindsight. Then there is what? There is insight itself. You know, so there's really three parts. Hindsight is the past. The ability to gain insight from your past. That means the ability to gain understanding and enlightenment from your past. You know, to learn from past mistakes and to build upon even past successes. To prepare yourself for a better tomorrow. Now, that's all insight. I mean, that's all hindsight. Now, hindsight is we can now look back, you know, and say, ah, you know, because, you know, now everything has happened. It's, you know, then you can look back, try to figure something out of it. That's hindsight. Well, hindsight sometimes may be too late. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it is also useful. It is useful in helping you to shape your choices right now based on lessons of the past. That's why it's useful. Now, we don't want people to dwell in the past all the time. No, but the benefit of hindsight is for you to learn from it 
and apply it now and you know to make you know to prepare yourself for a better tomorrow now listen to this on insight this is the law that i want to give you <laughs> law of uh, yesterday today and tomorrow listen to this you cannot be better I should even say it as strongly as I wrote it here. I was trying to not be that strong. The way I wrote it here is you will never be better than you were yesterday if you fail to move beyond your past. That's the way I wrote it down. You will never be better than you were yesterday if you fail to move beyond your past. Now, whether those past, whether that past is filled with failures or successes, if you, do, if you do not move beyond that, you will never be better than that yesterday. You know, that's, where you, that's the maximum of where you will be because you have not moved beyond it. Now, people, some people have made some horrible mistakes. They've done some things in their life and so forth. But if you don't move beyond that, you will never be better than that. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, just yesterday... And I was on Clubhouse, and I had a, a room that I was cleaning some of this stuff. That you know, some people will hold over your head, you know, something that you've done in the past. They hold it over your head for the rest of your life. They will never let you live it down. We'll get out of it, especially church people, especially religious folk. You know, they will keep you down on that thing, and they keep bringing it back. And they will use that thing to define you for the rest of your life. Well, you know, that's what they want to do. What is your response going to be? Are you going to let people define you by something that's happened in your past? Are you even going to define yourself by something that happened in your past? You know, are you going to live in the past? Some people have their hand on that rewind button. They're constantly rewinding back and rewinding and rewinding. And rewind it. Get your finger off that rewind button. Hallelujah. And if you are going to rewind it at all, rewind it one time and erase it. Hallelujah. <laughs> erase it and move forward. Don't live in the past. That was then, but this is now. That should be your answer to the accuser when he comes and brings up your past before you. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. And you say, you ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. They are underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from life. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Psalm 103 tells us, God has removed our sins as far from the east. But people, people won't actually let God do it though. The people won't let God do it. Even you yourself, you won't let God do that. You still clinging on to the past and let the devil keep bringing all that stuff. That was then, but this is now. Now, hindsight is good because if you do not learn from the past, some people say, you know, twice beaten. I mean, how is it? Once beaten, twice shy. Well, <laughs> a lot of people are twice beaten, three times beaten. Four times beating, five times. They are not shy. They keep falling into the same problem over and over. 
Now listen to me. That's not what God wants for you. Amen. So you will never be better than yesterday if you fail to move past. I mean, you will never be better than you are yesterday if you fail to move beyond your past. Now, I've talked about failures and things that you would rather not remember. But the devil brings it up. And the devil will even use people, even church folks, religious folks, to bring it back in your face. Hallelujah. But, you know, is that how Jesus defines you? Jesus says, go and sin no more. Amen. Now, you must sin no more, though. You can't just go. If you go and you come back again with the same sin, then my soul shall have no pleasure in those that draw back. That's what the Bible says. You know, so, you know, you can't just, you know, like there's a religion, they go to the priest every, they call it mass or something. They go to the priest and then confession, rather. They say, oh, how many days has it been since your last confession? Father, I have sinned, this and that. And, and they go right from there. They absorb them from their sin. They go right from there. They come back on schedule next time to say the same thing. Now, is that what God has called us so? No. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Let me tell you this, folks. That was these two scriptures. How I got saved. Old stuff. <laughs> Not this stuff that they have today. The olden days, two scriptures. The first one I learned was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By grace are you saved through faith. And it is not by yourself. It is not of work. Lest any man should boast. That was the first thing. And right after that, they crammed down 2 Corinthians 5.17 into my head. And into our heads. Back in the days of scripture, you know. And also, Romans, you know, all of Romans chapter 5, Romans 6. That sin shall not have dominion over you. And that you cannot put your hand into the plow and look back. And you are not fit for the kingdom. So these are choices that people have to make. You, we can't just preach this gospel of convenience to people today. Just tell them, oh, just give your life to Christ and you'll be saved. What does that mean? There must be repentance. If you do not repent and you say, I give my life to Christ, you know, you will be doing the same things. You know, Peter said it clearly on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 36 to 38. He said, what shall we do? He said, repent. Ye therefore, hallelujah. <laughs> Repent means you've got to have a change of heart. You've got to have a turn around. You can't just come. Some people say, come up here and shake my hand. As a pastor, shake my hand. You know, we welcome you into the kingdom of God. And then they go. Then they say, well, they're safe. Well, maybe and maybe not. You know, but the gospel is not one of convenience. It's not one of accept. I've always often challenged people that where do you see the word accept in the Bible? Accept the Lord as your personal savior and you are good. No. You must repent and you must believe. Belief has action with it. Amen. Don't just say accept and then you just come so forth. So why am I saying this? I'm saying that even though we are saying that you don't have to be defined by your past, we're also saying that you must leave that past alone. Amen. Because the dog has returned to his vomit. 
and the mire, I mean the twine, has returned to uh, wallowing in the mire. And you know that the Bible says that outside the holy city are dogs, because God doesn't want people that return to their vomit. Can you say praise the Lord for that? The God that sent his son to die for your sins, he was more than that. He was also to remove, erase, and change the sin nature. And give us a heart that is after God. Hallelujah. So we must do that. Now, let me move on quickly. You know, so, here's what God said to them. Now, even when it is successes, same thing. If you, or if you just rest on your oars, you know, you will never get better than that. You know, your successes should push you for greater successes. Amen. And your failures should not define you. You know, your failures should be, instead of counting as a failure, count it as that you have gained understanding about how that thing doesn't work. Amen. <laughs> you try to do something and you failed at it. Well, it's not really a failure. It is that you have gained understanding that it doesn't work that way. And then you do it better next time. Hallelujah. Now, Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. I love this verse. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. Amen? Because when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Is there anybody in here that has fallen? I'll be number one. But am I going to sit down? Are you going to stay down for the count? Or are you going to get up? And Jesus is in your corner. You know those, you know, boxing things. I love to watch those things. You know. And when they knock you down, the other corner I say, stay down. <laughs> stay down. Throw in the towel. But in your corner, your manager, your trader, and all of these people, they say, get up. Get up. Hallelujah. The Lord is in your corner. And he's telling you to get up. Get up already. Have I not commanded you? Hallelujah. Be strong and be of good courage. For I will never leave you. And I will never. You have to walk away from the Lord. He will never leave you. You will have to turn your back on him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But I'll tell you, people who will leave you, you read their story in Luke chapter 17. Actually, actually, Luke chapter 10. People call it the story of the Good Samaritan. <laughs> but in that story of the Good Samaritan, there were two sets of religious people. Church leaders. They are called the priest and they are called the Levite. And they left the wounded man there like that. They left him there. <laughs> but the Lord said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can somebody say amen? His hands are always stretched out. But here's what he says. You know, Look at my hands, wide spread out. And look at the wounds in my heart. You think the Lord couldn't heal those wounds? He left those wounds there. So that people can remember. Especially, he said, this I received in the house of my friends. And that's the thing that pains the Lord. After all that he has done, if you don't think that the Lord is able to save you to the uttermost and keep you from falling, 
then it pains him even more. Hallelujah. He's able to do that. So the choices that you make today, you have to draw upon hindsight. So that's hindsight. Insight is for you to be able to make the right choices today. You know, including the lordship of Christ in your life. This is one of the most critical choices that people must make for their lives. You are listening. There are a lot of people here, you know, maybe saved already. You are listening. <laughs> that is a choice that you must make. You must make the good choices about your business, your career, your marriage, etc. You know, now some people don't make bad choices about marriage. You know, and when God is checking you, you know, people say, well, he's going to change or she's going to change. They are not going to change. <laughs> you know, so you young people, if you're trying to get married, you know, especially some young, young girl and the guy is trying to, you know, smooth talk you and be Prince Charming and everything. He wants to go to church with you and all that. You know, but he still has his old ways and you think he's going to change. And he said he's going to change. No. <laughs> but the Bible says that, you know, you need to use sound judgment. So I want to speak church you. People don't listen, and then they fall into error. And then later on, horrible things happen. You know, so, don't let that, you know, I've told you before, when you communicate your values, Bible says the Lord coming is at hand. Let your moderation be known to all men. That means communicate your values. You know, and when you communicate your values to somebody, and they don't respect those values, get away from there. Amen. Don't say they are going to change. They are not going to change. <laughs> Get away from it. You cannot convert the devil. So people are always trying to convert the devil. You're not going to do it. Jesus didn't do it. And neither can you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you may think that's harsh. The truth. Remember Jesus said, I pray not for the world. I pray for those whom you have given me. Some people are always trying to save the world. You can't do it. (laughs) You know, Jesus didn't do it. He died for the whole world. You know, it's all there. But he knows those who are coming. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, we don't know that, so we must preach the gospel to everybody. We don't know that, but Jesus knows. Now, when God promises us a new thing, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 18 to 19, he said, you know, and if you're looking at the clock, I started preaching around quarter past 11. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, if you don't know that God's going to do a new thing, he said, it shall even spring forth, and shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, these are things that are not usually there. There's no way in the wilderness. There's no desert. There's no rivers in the desert. But God said, I will do it. Hallelujah. But for you to get to verse 19, you have to get away from verse 18, which says, Forget the past. Move forward. Amen. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15. You heard me at the beginning of the year. I was preaching on, you know, the year 2022 being a defining year. And I gave some of those principles and those elements of what the Lord spoke. And one of them was go forward. Amen. You have to go forward. <laughs> you, can, you cannot just stay, you know, crying unto the Lord, you know, uh, Red Sea. Look, you're going to have your Red Sea moment. And many of you will have those Red Sea moments in 2022. But the Red Sea moment is an opportunity for the captain of the Lord's host to shine in your life. Amen. It's the opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And the Lord is going to show himself strong on your behalf. 
but you must go forward. Amen. You must go forward. You cannot stay in the same place and keep on, you know, mourning over the past. No. So, let me give you foresight. Foresight, listen to this. Foresight, this is so powerful. This is how I wrote it down. The future you see today is where you will be tomorrow. <laughs> That's foresight. Look, take it any way you want. But if you cannot see it, you cannot get there. I'll tell you why. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 13. And I'm going to read verses 14 and 15. I want this one to be put up. Because it's so critical and I want to read. Genesis 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, after that Lord has separated himself, he said, lift up now thine eyes. Lift up your eyes. You know, don't even be looking down. No. <laughs> you have to get a farther out horizon. I've taught on horizons of faith. You know, you know, and a horizon is an imaginary line where it looks like the sky meets the ground. You know, and at the, there's actually a mathematical formula that calculates the distance of the horizon based on the height of where you are. If you are right here, your horizon may be a few hundred feet. If you go up, climb up to a hundred-story building, your horizon might actually be almost five miles. You know, so why are you staying down here when you can go higher? Amen. You can go higher. You can increase your horizon. And God said to Abraham, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are. This is the problem with people. They're always, you know, they're stranded where they are. God said, no. Look from the place where you are. Hallelujah. From where you are, or don't stay there, look from that place and move northward, southward, eastward, westward, everywhere. And listen to verse 15. He said, look, for all the land that you see, today will I give it. Hallelujah. But if you don't see it, I can't give it to you. Now, if Abraham would have seen something more, let's say, let's say he found something to elevate himself because his horizon was only thus far. Because God said, look as far as you can see. And he probably just saw something. If he had known and gotten an understanding of this thing and elevated himself higher and seen further, God would have given it to him. Hallelujah. Because he said, now, you guys can practice it, especially young people. Practice it when you get after church. Go figure out what your horizon is. When you get home, Try to figure out the horizon and then go higher and see what the horizon, if you have upstairs or whatever, you know, you will see what I'm talking about. But the future that you see today is where you can be tomorrow. If you don't see it, <laughs> some people call it dreams. Well, whatever you want to call it. Somebody say you got to have dreams. You know, you got to have this and that and so forth. You know, not just a dream of when you sleep, but a dream of what you want to accomplish what you want to do, you know. So, you know, even as early as kindergarten, they're, they're graduating. I went to my granddaughter's kindergarten graduation the other day. They're asking them, they're walking across the stage, and everybody say, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> they're saying some amazing things at age five, <laughs> you know. And some of them were saying some really funny things, but, you know, but again, <laughs> you know, like, like somebody said, <laughs> Somebody actually said, I want to be a garbage truck driver. <laughs> My wife was there. And I was like, garbage truck driver? 
<laughs> anyway, another person said, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a rocket scientist. I want to be. I mean, and they started saying all these things. <laughs> you know? Now, look from the place where you are. See. Far out as you can see. You can see the future. You know, remember, God's already in the future. Hallelujah. And he's telling you, come on now, walk in my footsteps. He's already there. God doesn't get to anywhere. God doesn't go to anywhere. He's already there. That's why they call him Jehovah Shammah. He's everywhere, all at the same time. God doesn't acquire new knowledge. He doesn't know any new thing. He cannot learn any new thing. He cannot know about the future. There's nothing like that. He already knows everything that there is to know, and even things that are not to know. He knows them all. And the future that you are trying to get to, he's already there. Hallelujah. So if you do not lean to your understanding, if you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, if you trust in his inspiration, he will guide you there. Praise the Lord. Now, it is crucial that you understand this. That you cannot be better than yesterday if you live in yesterday. You got to move on. Move forward. Whatever it was that was in your past, you know, and there are some unsavory things in our past. You know, things that you would rather, <laughs> some people talk about skeleton closet. What do you call it? Uh, skeleton in the closet or something. Look, forget all that stuff. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came that he might destroy the works of the devil. Has he destroyed the works of the devil in your life? Or do you keep bringing it up? Or allow other people to bring it up? They're going to bring up the dirt. <laughs> you know, that's what people see all the time. But can they see the holy ground? Remember, in Exodus chapter 3, Moses, he walked to the place that was called Mount Oreb. And God showed him the site of the burning bush. And Moses said, wow, I see this side. Now let me turn aside. Now God will wait for you to turn aside before he actually speaks to you. He will show you signs and wonders, but until you, that, those signs and wonders are supposed to draw you in. That pillar, if, when people see pillar of fire here today, they will run off. I saw the pillar of fire at church. That's it. That's all they will get. But if you see that fire, and then you press in, and you say, now I must check out this side. God will wait until you come in before he says anything to you. He just waited. Moses was looking at the fire. He didn't tell him anything. But when Moses got closer, I said, I got to check this out. Why is this thing burning and not consumed? And then, as he was coming, God said, uh-uh. Stop right there. For the place, hallelujah. The place that you think is bush. The place that you think is rubbish. The place that all you see is sand, is lizard, is grass, is rubbish, is dirt. All that you see is dirt, but God says it is holy ground. Can somebody give the Lord a hand clap? Hallelujah. It is holy ground because when God is in it, it is holy. God will never be in your life if your life is a life of trash. God doesn't live in trash. And if you have Jesus in your life, you have God in your life, don't let anybody tell you that you are trash. You are holy ground. Hallelujah. But that's all people see. Even you yourself, that's all you see. You look in the mirror, you say, this is dirt, this is bush. God said, no, it is holy ground. Come on, somebody. You know, if, if you tell somebody that they are an animal, they will behave like an animal. Hello, parents. <laughs> so if you tell your kid that you are going to be great, you are going to do great things in life. 
Hallelujah. And you tell them, you're better than that. Then they will be better than that. Hallelujah. You know, don't, you know, don't fall for that cheap stuff. You are purchased with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ, the eternal sacrifice, purchased you. And don't, put, don't let anybody put the yoke of bondage back on your head, your neck. Amen. Including yourself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, let me bring it down here to wrap it up. You know, there's a story about David versus Goliath. David was able to predict the future based on the past. And it was insight. You know, he said, look, I'm going to deal with this Goliath who has defied the armies of the living God. And everybody said, you can't do that. (laughs) You know, this is what people tell you all the time. You can't do that. You know, but David didn't care about you can't do that. He said, well, (laughs) I'll tell you why I can do it. Because when I was keeping my father's sheep, which you guys despised, because they all despised and you go keep the sheep. When a lion came against me, I took him and I slew him. And I got back the kid that he threw, that he stole from the, from the sheep. Same thing when a bear rose up against me. You know that bear, when they rise up like that, that bear was as tall as Goliath when he rose up. And so all that David was saying is, look, this Goliath is nothing different than that bear that rose up against me. But I slew him too. <laughs> and I tell you what, he has some, <laughs> David has some scars. To prove it. But I tell you this. But he said, look, the same God that gave me victory over the lion and over the bear, he will give me victory over this uncircumcised Philistine today. Hallelujah. Hindsight of the victories that the Lord has wrought in the past. To give you strength for the present situation. And to give you a positive outlook for the future. Can somebody say Amen. Understanding helps to build a house. I'm wrapping up now. Summary. Proverbs 24 verses 3 to 4. We're talking about the benefits now. Understanding actually brings happiness. You know. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. Let's read that because I haven't read that before. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13. Let's read that quickly. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and he that getteth understanding. So understanding will actually give you happiness. Amen. Understanding will bring good things into your life. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 9. And you can say, how then do you get understanding? Well, I'm coming to that. Proverbs 19 verse 8. He says that, you know, Proverbs 19. Yeah, that's it. He that understanding will bring love at his own soul. And he that keepeth understanding shall find good. So understanding will bring even good things to your life. Now. Understanding will cause you to depart from evil. We read that already. Job chapter 28 and verse 28. You know. Understanding is better than even silver. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. Can you put that up quickly? Proverbs 16 and verse 6. By mercy. Maybe I have that backwards. Uh, Try 616. I don't know what I wrote down here. Try Proverbs 6.16. Well, okay. Forget that one. You know, maybe I wrote it down wrong. Now, great understanding will steer you from wrath. We read that before, but also in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29, you know, we see that. 
And there was a group of people, the Bible called the children of Isaac. You know, they were, they had understanding of the times, you know, and they made them to become commanders of the people. First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. First Chronicles 12 and 32, you know, they were, they knew end time stuff. <laughs> you know, they had understanding. That the children of Isaac, which were, they were men, right? You know, they were grown men. They, you know, they were not just children, they were grown men. You know, they, they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. You know, heads of them, so on and so forth, you know, they were, you know, all of their brethren at their commandment. You know, their understanding of what to do made them to rise above their peers. By their understanding, became heads of the people. By their understanding, you know, of knowing what to do. Kind of like what we talked about counsel before and so forth. So finally, here's a prayer that we are going to pray today. Lord, give me this pillar of wisdom, understanding, and insight in my life. You know, that by the inspiration of the Almighty daily in my life and by ingesting your word, you know, I can grow into the place that God wants me. You know, now, the inspiration of the Almighty. Give me a few minutes to give you this testimony. The inspiration of the Almighty, Job chapter 32 and verse 8. If you don't remember anything else today, remember that, he, you know, there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. That is how you get understanding. Okay, how do I get it then? Well, but a long story short, you know, when I came across this scripture years ago, the Lord began to use it in my life to figure out anything. I tell you, anything. I work in technology. Some of you may or may or may not do that. You know, but even things that are complicated and are upside down, <laughs> that have nothing, you know, I would just, I would say by the inspiration of the Almighty. And the next thing I know, a light bulb goes on. This is a true story, guys. It's my, it's what God is doing. I can, you know, it's a testimony. But, you know, I don't know whether it works for others or not, but it works for me. God has even using the inspiration of the Almighty to change things for me. You know, I mean, I've had incredible things. God will just drop it in, in my heart, and then I'll be able to just drop something down. Nobody could figure out. I'll give you this, this last one quickly. You know, my family knows this because I already told them this. Years ago, I was in ASU doing my master's in computer science. And there was a class that I was in. We were supposed to write a compiler and everything. And it, it was you know, tough, tough class, you know. And then there were some exams also. We had midterm, uh, two or three midterms, and then the finals, all of these things. And when I did the first midterm, for some reason, I was nervous, and I didn't do well. You know, and I said, well, you know, I don't know how these midterms would go. Listen to me, young people. I said, but, you know, I know I'm going to really, I can really do very well in these practicals writing this compiler and stuff. You know, so I spoke to a friend of mine one day, and he said, he said, by the inspiration of the Almighty. He just said that. And that's what he said. He didn't even say there's a spirit in man and give them understanding. He just said, by the inspiration of the Almighty. And then I knew that I knew that scripture. So I went and looked it up. And then 
I said, well, and then from that day on, it was always the inspiration of the Almighty, from that day on. So I went to the class one day, listen to this. And uh, the instructor was there, and I was talking about the rest of the curriculum for the, for the semester. And I raised up my hand. I was sitting in the back of the class. And I said, can you cancel all the midterms so that we just focus on the practicals, you know, the thing we're doing? It, you don't cancel midterms, <laughs> but these things are already set. So when I said it, everybody looked back where I was sitting and looked at me funny. I don't know why I said it. I wasn't thinking of it. It was the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. <laughs> And I just said it. And then I wonder, why did I say that? <laughs> and then the guy looked at me. He said, hmm. And he said, you got it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and then after the class, I was the most popular part of the class. <laughs> Everybody came to me. I was like, how did you do that? I said, by the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> I said, by the inspiration of the Almighty. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, by what? <laughs> You know, because they didn't understand that. But it was the inspiration. Look, and I aced that class. <laughs> I aced that class. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I may, not, I may not have gotten that A class grade or whatever if I, you know, maybe if I did the midterms because I was kind of nervous. But by the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what. I've used it in my career. I've used it in my, you know, in, in other things. I can't go into all those stories today because of time. But the inspiration of the Almighty. Take this from me today. And you are faced with situations that you can't figure out. The inspiration of the Almighty will give you understanding. Amen. <laughs> but you have to lean upon him. The last testimony is one other class that I was in. And they gave us a project to do. And they also handed us a textbook. It was this thick. And the guy said, the answers are in there somewhere. I didn't have time because, you know, I doing so many other classes and things. And they paired us up, paired us up. And the instructor also said, well, if you go solo, your grade will be higher. But you should not go solo because you guys can work together. So they paired us up. And I had no idea. I had no clue what was going on. You know, I mean, everything was dark. Couldn't see anything. <laughs> you know. And then I remembered the Lord, the inspiration of the Almighty. Amen. And when I said that, I took the book and it's a true story. And I took the book and I began to, and I'm like, how am I going to read this book and figure all this out? And all of a sudden, a light bulb went on in my head. And I seemed like I knew everything that was in that book. True story. And I would just flip one page like this and I would find a cogent point. I didn't read the book. Read your book, guys. <laughs> just tell you the inspiration of the Almighty. You know. And I would just, and I, in fact, it was just so amazing. It was so amazing that I called uh, my partner and I said, I'm going to go solo. <laughs> he said, why? This and that. I said, well, don't worry about it. I'm going solo. I called the instructor. And I said, I'm going to go solo. He said, why are you going solo? I said, well, I'm going to go solo. And in my heart, I'm saying, by the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I aced that class. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, God just gave me wisdom. I just, you know, I mean, it was like, I just knew everything that I didn't even know before the inspiration of the Almighty dropped down. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I did pay my dues, actually. I was studying. I just wasn't understanding. <laughs> wasn't that I wasn't studying. It was like my mind was blank. What is this? You know? So, let us stand to our feet. When you have the inspiration of the Almighty in your life, He connects to your spirit and He gives you understanding. That's how it comes. And you young people, do your part. Put in your best effort and then trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. God, is not, God doesn't reward laziness. Don't think I'm giving you a short way out. It's not going to work for you. You know, I wasn't lazy. I was spending, ask my wife, she'll tell you. I was spending hours, late nights at ASU, in the lab and everything. And I wouldn't, she'll be calling me at 2 a.m. Where are you? <laughs> you know, so I put in my time. But in spite of all of that, my mind was blocked. I couldn't understand a thing. And then all of a sudden, by the inspiration of the Almighty, God made me wiser than my teachers. Amen. <laughs> all of a sudden, I had incredible knowledge. And I've done the same thing on my job. I don't have time to give you all the testimony, maybe some other day. And it just seems like things that I don't understand. You know, sometimes I just say, Lord, of the Almighty. So here's our prayer today. I want you to say, Lord, give me this pillar of wisdom, understanding and insight in my life. That by the inspiration of the Almighty and through daily ingestion of your word, you may bring me to the place that I should be. Amen. I want you also to pray this prayer and say, Lord, help me to see that future today. Come on, people, pray for yourselves. Especially you young people, you know, especially the you know, middle class age people that are still aspiring for things in your life. You got to see that future today. The future you see today is where you will be tomorrow. And you young people that are in college as well, same thing goes for you. You know, when the great people that see their future tomorrow, they are working towards it today. They're not just sitting down playing video games and wasting time watching TV. That stuff's nonsense. You know, put your mind into your work. Hallelujah. And God is, seest thou a man. Proverbs 22 and 29. There's a man that is diligent in his ways. He shall do what? He shall stand before kings and not before mean men. That's right. So one of my scriptures, when I was a young man, I had a friend in Lagos. We used to quote this to one another. When I see him, I say, see a man? <laughs> I say, diligent in his business. He shall stand. So you got to be, your business may be schooling right now. You are a student, that's your business right now. If you are diligent in that business, God is going to make you stand before kings. You are not going to stand before me, men. But those who are not diligent playing video games and running around doing this stuff, <laughs> there are poor people tomorrow are playing video games today. <laughs> but those who put their heads down, hallelujah, be diligent in your business. They are the leaders of tomorrow. Can somebody say amen?
Now, let's raise our hands. Let's pray together. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of prudence, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding and insight will be upon us in the name of Jesus. And help us, Lord, to move away from our past. And if you are here today, you're listening to me, you know, either the broadcast or doing the replays or whatever, you get away from that. Get away from the past. The Lord is right here. You know, he's not in the past. He's right here. You know, so that was then. That's the answer to the devil and the accusers. That was then, but this is now. And I'm moving forward. Amen. And I am moving forward. Hallelujah. I'm moving forward. The same thing as we expect the coming of the Lord. You know, don't let the devil tell you that you cannot make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make the rapture. You are going to miss the rapture. <laughs> you know, that's what the enemy keeps put the fear in your heart. No. Lord did not bring you out to just drop you like, you know, a bad habit. No. He's going to see you through. Amen. There are people that died in the wilderness. They were because they turned their hearts against the Lord. That's why they died in the wilderness. You will not die in the wilderness. Amen. You will make it to the promised land. So, Father, we love you. And we give you all the praise. And we give you all the glory. For the revelation of your word. The inspiration of the Almighty. That brings understanding to our hearts. Everybody put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.